Baltimore, Maryland, this is The Stoop Sessions, a One Hope podcast. Join us for conversations about ministry on The Stoop. Learn more about our work at www.onehope.gives. <laughs> I can't whistle, man. I like whistled strong. You can't whistle? I can't. Oh, there you go. That was a whistle. I just whistled. Wait, wait, wait. Does that count? That, that, that counts. Okay. Yeah, that counts. You My can't whistle. Whistler? I can't, bro. Really? Uh, why are we whistling? It's well, <laughs> I was gonna say. Well, it's random, and I'm sipping decaf coffee, so already feel sad for me. But I was excited that I whistled because my dad started to teach me um, how to whistle. I think I was like eight or something, mm-hmm. and then he was like, um, "Women, culturally, women shouldn't whistle," but he taught me how to do it anyway. Well, clearly, he didn't finish teaching me. So culturally, in Haitian culture, yeah, I, it might be whistle? it might be rude or it's seen as disrespectful. So <gasps> there it there goes. Go. Take that, Stephanie. That is so disrespectful. Please, <laughs> well, y'all can stop, just stop bear with me in love. Y'all can bear with me in love. <laughs> See, actually, our for our listener, they think that we're sitting out on the stoop, and that that's just the wind howling right. through. <laughs> no, I've worked really hard. I'm trying to like curl my tongue and everything. So, <laughs> so whistling. So women, women shouldn't whistle. women shouldn't whistle. That's what they say. All right, let's talk about women. People say what else shouldn't they do? What else shouldn't women do? Oh my goodness, that's a bad, that's an awkward intro. (laughs) As a complimentarian, um, what was it? Was it Mark Dever? Was like we were always talking about what women uh, can't do. Why don't we talk about what women can do and do do Mm, well? They can open their Bibles. That's right. Yeah, and they they can read the Bible. They can read scriptures, and I think Jesus modeled it, flipped the script, right? By teaching women and. being with women and affirming women being made in the image of God. He did mm. it perfectly and well. So. Amen. Well, why don't we spend a uh, episode here talking about women in ministry? Yeah. Um, and then in addition, I want to talk about uh, women in poverty. Yeah. Right? And so how they I, experience it. Yeah. Yeah. I think women are, and Stephanie, you, you can talk more about this, but I think women are uh, more uh, statistically more prone to po- poverty? Is that a, is that a yeah, okay way to put it? Statistically, yeah, with a gender age gap and with violence and a lot of things that we, we can mm-hmm. get into later, yeah. So, so a lot of hardships there, but then also uh, a necessity for women to be meaningfully employed, and that doesn't necessarily mean a paycheck, but meaningfully employed in Christian ministry. Yeah, I think it would do a church well to mm-hmm. employ uh, or yeah, employ in any kind of shape or fashion women. It would be it would be wisdom on the part of a church to do that. Yeah. So uh, that sounds scandalous in some of my old circles. <laughs> what am I saying and what am I not saying? <laughs> well, let's clarify. Maybe what am I saying and what I'm not saying? So I think that. Um, I guess it depends on what context you've been in. There's there's different contexts. There's so many, mm-hmm. um, even across our listeners and things. But. I think you're right. I think you know somebody who says, uh, some uh, somebody who might complain about the fact that they haven't seen women mean, meaningfully employed in Christian ministry, in some ways, does tell us a little bit of the, about the context that they come from. Meaning, um, you know, in a, in a more uh, 
egalitarian or Pentecostal background or a number of different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think women are, of course, much more profiled to the degree in which, you know, I've seen some churches where there's really relatively no men around and uh, women are the staff as well. You know, you yeah. have a, a couple female pastors. Um, and uh, and so that's that, you know, that would be what we would call more of a, to use the terms egalitarian. Right. Uh, and then you've also got complementarian churches, which is a term that we've used in the last number of decades mm-hmm. to refer to uh, a, the position that holds that men are to be the elders, pastors of the church, primary teachers. And um, and then in those churches, churches, I think we have maybe over the years mm-hmm. seen a, I don't know, a lack of emphasis in some, not all. Right. A lack of in- emphasis and then maybe a... Um maybe a fear of what um, it's a sad fear, but maybe a fear of what uh, employing women, having women be more vocal and present, what that would mean to doctrine, which I think it won't mean anything negatively to doctrine if, if, if it's lived out in the right way. But I could see that that's kind of where my context is from. So that's pretty much what I'm speaking to. So for the sake of defining terms, mm-hmm. egalitarian and complementarian, right. what's, what are we talking about with those two terms? I think complementarian would say that we uh, would believe um, that between in the church and the home, um, that there's a distinction of roles and not a, a difference of worth or, uh, uh, equal standing, that's equal, um, but different roles in terms of elders being men that teach and preach. Um, and then that would carry out into uh, the home as well. Sure. Yeah. Husbands are to be men who take a certain kind of... Um, spiritual leadership, provide spiritual leadership. And that yeah. doesn't... My counseling brain is like and I think throwing the, a million things up. It, but yeah. I don't know uh, if, if what which one bleeds into the other, but it seems as if the New Testament sees the church to be a big family. Yeah. And so therefore the husbands are, uh, who lead their homes well and X, Y, and Z are to be the, uh, fathers, if you would, Mm -hmm. of the church. You've got church mothers. Yeah. And then you've got church mothers, Mm -hmm. right? I thought you were just disagreeing with me for a second there. No, I, (laughs) I I can disagree with you, but I don't on that point. But this is a good point though, is, is that, um, Church mothers are church mothers. Mm-hmm. Church fathers are church fathers, mm-hmm. right? And this does actually get into some of the gender dysphoria of today as well. You know, that we do believe uh, that the Bible teaches male and female mm-hmm. and that male and female is good. It's a good sure. distinction, yeah. not bad. And that, uh, that the church fathers are the ones who are called elders in the Bible, but take it away. Uh, church mothers. So you know, you've church, seen it. Uh, you got moms. church mothers. Did yeah. they wear hats at oh, yours? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right in the front and they row. sit right, yep. and they, it is esteemed so and revered. Yep. And they, um, many of them carry the church um, on their backs in terms of prayer and petitioning yeah. the Lord and pleading. I mean, I, I'm, just, I'm just giving my picture of church moms that I've seen, the Titus 2s that um, mm-hmm. teach women how to um, love the Lord, not to find themselves um, focusing on being, you know, adorning themselves with braids and gold and all these things, but really the essence of what it looks like to love a husband, to love children, to love the community around them. And so church mothers, they, they're special. And they're, I wouldn't even say they're overlooked in some settings, some complementarian churches, they, people know the, the gym that they have in church mothers. Mm -hmm. Um, There doesn't seem to be a, uh, an aversion to that. I think maybe women in ministry, there seems to be more of an aversion towards that. 
Mm-hmm. At least I, I feel like I, I, yeah. I, I don't know if anybody's had my same context. Well, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's dig into to this idea, though, of church mothers for a second. Yeah. Because I think for some people, they're think, they think you're just talking culturally. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the older women in the church, really no matter their spiritual maturity, right. you know, no matter um, what, the older women in the church... Uh, all wear white on a certain Sunday. And, right, right. So know. there can be, there is a cultural stigma and also in our yeah. context, and, there might be a cultural stigma about what right, that looks right. like. Right, right. And I'm not talking uh, disparagingly about that. I, I think that, that that can be legit. But my point is, is biblically speaking, where do we see mature women and what's their role in the Bible? Priscilla and I'm assuming Phoebe. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm also thinking about Yodia and Seneki. I mean, they, oh, they had a little, a little yeah. tough, a little, but little, uh, before that, yeah, they had a little disagreement before that. I mean, Paul's saying they worked hard in the ministry. There's got to be something implied there that, that they worked um, and they, they, they loved. I mean, the women that Jesus was around. So I, I'm assuming that there's, uh, we've got Lois and Eunice uh, and Timothy. And so there's so many pictures of women that mm-hmm. were probably undoubtedly the Titus twos. Yeah, and so Titus, so you mentioned Titus 2. What is Titus 2? Titus 2 would be, um, I guess I call them Titus 2s. I realize everyone does not have my dictionary on sure. what I call Sure, somebody might be like, <laughs> what is yeah, that? I'm like, I've been calling Titus 2s the whole time. So Titus 2 uh, talks about how older women are to teach younger women how to be self-controlled, pure, loving their husbands, submissive to their own husbands, that kind of thing. Which sounds like all of life. Yes, Just basically sorry. all of the in and out the mundane, the um, the ways that, you know, we need gray hairs in the ministry, gray mm-hmm. hairs in the Lord, doesn't mean necessarily that you have to be like 60 to be a Titus 2. But I've also seen that there are older women that feel very intimidated by that call and younger women are, are praying and looking and searching and mm-hmm. some older women due to fear of comp- um, of adequacies will shy away from Titus 2 roles. That's a other talk for another day. And younger women are like, we, we want, we want, we want, we want older Titus twos. We need gray haired saints to show us how to make it, um, how to, to live a life. So Amen. all the soap boxes are coming on yeah. today on my women episode. So uh, Titus two, three, likewise, teach older women mm-hmm. uh, right there. Teach them to be uh, reverent, live in such a way that they might uh, disciple the younger women of the church. So what we see then is this paradigm for uh, discipleship in the church that yeah. Certainly the elders have a uh, level of church shaping through their preaching and teaching, but it seems that most of the regular ongoing, the lowercase t teaching, um, discipleship, or even uppercase t teaching Mm -hmm. uh, in a more formal setting, happens for the younger women by other women in the church. And of course, same thing applies to men. but maybe there has been, and oh, this is where I want to get back to what you were saying earlier, Stephanie. We've maybe overlooked the importance of mature women and bringing them onto church staff or using them in, in particular ways. For what purpose? Why, why would we have done that? Why do, you feel like that's happened. Yeah, this so is I'm not like, the first I feel like time. I should ask you. The that. reason we're talking <laughs> about this, this, though, is because we've, we've talked... We've had these conversations where you really feel like women have been overlooked oh, in for meaningful sure. ways for ministry. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons. Some of my own personal experiences have been either um, showing a desire for theology and ministry sometimes um, labels you as, or sometimes it can label you as a seductress. I know this is going to sound like shocking, but I've had women and men, um, if I'd ever flocked to where theology was being discussed, very quickly um, approach me as if um, I'm wanting to pursue their husbands. And really, I'm just like, he has frame open. I don't have frame hmm. on theology. I'd love to think about how frame thinks about Western civilization. I'm just here for the content. And yeah, um, fed, I huh? think, yeah, I think we see in the scriptures, I mean, there's some dicey scriptures where it's like, I do not permit a woman to teach. But we, we're seeing that... Um, the women were, were taught, which was not what was happening prior to um, Christianity, uh, that women are um, able to pray and to prophesy. So I'm just, I'm pl- I, I've run into circles where I think um, people um, wrongly look at women as if their intentions and motives have to be negative if they want to study God's word more mm-hmm. in-depthly. So that's been one thing. Another th- reason is um, uh, lifestyle. And uh, responsibilities, uh, a lot of women are taking care of their homes and taking care of their kids. And so um, sometimes they've been overlooked um, because of uh, their responsibilities. I think someone thinks that they can't take anything else on because they, they're overwhelmed. When really, I think there are some women who are passionate and desire it, but don't even know that there's permission to, to bring that stuff up in, in conversation. So there's both and. Yeah, I would add uh, one thing I've seen over the years is an emphasis in churches on we train men. Yeah. Mm. And, um, and that could be, you know, as you mentioned, it could be fear. It could be maybe rooted in like a, what if uh, women get too well-trained in the Bible and, you know, are they going to want to start their own church? Right. Which has happened. Um, but in a lot of uh, reformed circles or complementarian circles, there is an emphasis, a heavy, heavy, heavy emphasis on we train men, Period. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of it feels that way. Yeah, and I don't think they mean it that way. Men yep. and women, and uh, and even senior pastors who have said like it's my job to train up the men in the church. You know, and uh, really overlooking the fact that maybe sixty yeah. percent of the church is women, and yeah, you and uh, you have to pastor them as well yeah. and train them up, right? Yeah. Uh, and actually, that's what Hebrews two three says: to a pastor, teach the older women. So before the older women can even teach the younger women. The, the senior pastor here, Titus, has to see that his, one of his primary roles is to train up the, these mature women in the church, mm-hmm. these old, old, older women in the church. And so my concern has, has sometimes been uh, such an emphasis on training up men. And, and I think here's, here's a positive reason as to why people probably have done that mm-hmm. is, uh, is that we believe that elders are to be handling the word and preaching. Right. And so they want preaching to, you know, to be really good because preaching fuels the, the whole mission of the church and uh, amen to that. Mm-hmm. But pre- raising up preachers is just a, just a part of what we ought to be thinking of ourselves as doing, uh, not the whole. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And so it could be that over time we can overlook uh, bringing women into um, ministry teams or even in staff positions if you have a multi-staff church uh, because there's a, because they're just over, because they're, what am I trying to say? Well, I mean, they are overlooked. Do, I, do you think, um, 
Do you think women are overlooked because they're not valued? I think that it might feel as if they're not valued. I, I do think that there are some positions um, where women can serve. It's not, it wouldn't be going against scripture where they're often overlooked for a man that is not quite, it's not his right. desire or it's, he's, it's not even his area of competency. I'm thinking more like even counseling roles. Um, and so sometimes women are overlooked that way. And I don't know if it's not that they're not valued. I think we'd, we'd, we'd believe Genesis 1, 26, 28, and I'm believing so the best about yeah. um, uh, church planters. I think they're just, I think it's something that they don't even know would be an asset. It hasn't even crossed the, their minds. You know, I think we, we meet with church planters and I'm hoping to make a case for why you should employ wise women to be on your teams it is to your benefit but i think they just have a lot to worry about and it's um it's it's a blind spot which is why you need solid sisters to bring up hey this might be a blind spot and it would be great uh, for you to consider this so i can't say everyone's evil and they're just not looking or valuing women i think they're just overlooked When we went to hire our first full-time employee uh, outside of me. At the Garden Church, yeah. Yeah, we hired uh, a woman. Did you woman? Did you know that? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping yeah. it's me. I'm assuming <laughs> yep, it's me. It I am still on the <laughs> roster. It was you. That's right. That was me five years ago. Awesome. Right. Yep. Elder Swole, so I had, I had a couple part-timers here and there before that, but when we had our first full-time hire, we hired Stephanie. And it Why'd was- Why'd you do that, Joel? I, I felt like Just we needed a woman. I felt like we really needed a uh, female who uh, could help shape, uh, of course, the females in the church and, and lead some of that discipleship. Um, and then, uh, uh, and, and but then also I think you were just gifted. I mean, I, I don't, I, I think there was a part of me that wanted to hire a female because I'm a male and I wanted to kind of balance it out, uh, yeah. balance it out a little bit. But I would just say that you were also gifted and I felt like I, uh, I felt like your gifting would match well with our needs. You know, meaning, would I have hi have hired a male? I, I may have. Yeah. I didn't hire you just because you were female. Right. Does that make we sense? We don't want to just do like let's place diversity. Exactly. In this but like, out of yeah. all the people that I knew at the time, I really thought you were the most gifted. Now, more gifted people have come along since then. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm not special. <laughs> I know. No, no, I stay humble. Just, I'm just telling <laughs> I moved you. here and was like... <laughs> just with you. But uh, yeah, so we hired you. Mm. And here we are. You hired a single woman into ministry. A lot has changed. I'm bringing that up because some people don't also... What'd you say? A lot has a changed. A lot has changed. <laughs> a lot has changed. But um, I do want to also go on the asterisk soapbox that it... it Women, I think, can serve in several different capacities, and it does change in their lives. But um, in some of my contexts and settings, you hiring a single Christian woman uh, with no prospects of marriage, any of those things. Um, you know, some people place way too much weight on marriage. But anyway, I, I just wanted to say that you um, saw that giftedness and didn't let any other life um, situations cloud that. How do I say that in a good way? I don't know. That Nothing's good. Yeah, okay. That's what how I, did that make you feel as, as a single woman? You know, I, I didn't know it was such a problem until I interacted with other pastors and ministers. Yeah. I was just like, this is what I want to do. Um, I feel like it's calling my elders 
in my church prior supported the decision. Although I think they were kind of like, what are you going to do? I mean, no one knew until I got here. Um, But yeah, it was supported. I had looked for the council of, you know, try to check up all the boxes. And so it wasn't really until I started interacting with people and they're like, oh, so what are you almost waiting for marriage as a, they were were Mm -hmm. saying, what are you going to do when you get married? And I said, Mm -hmm. "Um, hopefully still work at One Hope. What else would there to be done? (laughs) I don't get it. So I just wanted to bring that up, that there, there are women that are overlooked oftentimes, either because they're single or because they're married. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's that. I promised one line for my single ministry workers. <laughs> that's it. Um, is that you, you should look at the gifting of someone. Um, and I think that that, that is overlooked. Who yeah. don't look at gift sets. Gift sets. All right. So we've, we've talked about employing women in the work. Um, but I want to turn a little bit and talk about the need with work among mm-hmm. women, yeah. period, you know? Mm-hmm. So Stephanie, if you don't mind just kind of talking us through some of your research, some of your thoughts on women in poverty. Yeah. So I first want to start off with like the setting a picture of what an everyday interaction is kind of like, you know, sometimes I'll get into my really slightly rusted Honda. Um, it's definitely aged, right? I'm driving down the street. I make eye contact with the same lady that I've been making eye contact with for the last couple of years. Um, we talk at the stoplight. She's homeless. She's flying a sign. Um, we we have a conversation. We, we um, ask her where she's sleeping at night. We kind of have small talk just to see what her plans are doing. And then I kind of drive away and I know hopefully I'll see her again tomorrow. Um, and I guess the reason I bring that up is I think there's a certain somethingness to being a woman that can speak to other women and some of the disparities that they're going through. Uh, I'm not saying that men can't, but there's there's a way that I'm able to speak to um, someone who is a sexual abuse survivor or someone who's dealing with a lot of violence in a different nurturing way that I think that God has gifted women to do. And I think it's, it, it, that that has been um, sweet to see that gift set work. So some of the things I think that uh, you guys see and observe in our own block, right? One would be gender age gap, addictions, violence, um, just the over-sexualization of women. I mean, like you guys see it. Um, you interact with them. I think you've said mm-hmm. a couple of times, I wish there was a woman that could be in this room with me. I wish there was a room that could, woman that could have this conversation or come with me as we go and find X, Y, Z. So I think you, you guys already see that there's a need um, in some of those, those reasons, but I'll just expound on some. Uh, so statistically, uh, 69% um, of women are more likely to live in poverty than men. That's just statistically. Uh, 95% of um, children in our neighborhood live in single-parented homes. I'm going to assume um, that a lot of that is grandmothers just from the the, the experience mm-hmm. that I've had, or mothers. And so again, women. Um, and so then you've got to think about who watches babies when they're sick, if mother has no policies written in place, who takes care of the kids on a half day. Um, you know, simple questions, but without resources and already a, an, an a, uh, a gap with work um, already puts some of these women at a... Mm just a lower dis- disparity, just dealing with that. I mean, every time I see those half-day announcements, I know that they have oh, to yeah. exist for several other reasons, and I know that they inconvenience a lot of parents, but sometimes they inconvenience the women in ways that keeps them from working mm-hmm. and being able to provide for their families. Just a quick note on that. Uh, there's a couple in our church that's doing foster care, and uh, they both are able to have flexible jobs, work out yeah. of the house a little bit, you know. And he was telling me just the other day, he was like, with these half days and early dismissals and everything, he was like, I just don't know how a lot of these single moms make it. Yep. You know, single moms out here who are trying to work a, work 
a job yeah. and as, as well, they got to uh, pick up their kids from school and, and figure out daycare and all this kind of ex- extra stuff. Like how do they, how do they do it? He's just flabbergasted yeah. by the idea. I, I Listen, I have a kid in daycare and yeah. just having an occasional close. I'm like, without a resource, without yeah. family, without community, without the ability yeah. of a job to bring my kid right. here. Um, and when you don't you know, have not, men in the home, that's right. they're out. The compounds are problem. Right. Often, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes you got a guy in the house, but he's not. He's not a man. Is that, is that offensive? <laughs> that's not what I was going to say, but. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I felt. That's good. I was going to say he's not the dad. Um, he's, oh, my bad. You know, he's a boyfriend. Yeah. Sorry. But he's not the provider. He's, yeah. not, he's not taking ownership and responsibility of this family. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing. Another thing is addictions. So uh, I, I, think, uh, I think the statistic is one in three like households are affected by addiction in some way. And again, if we think about that context on our block, I just can think of grandmothers and mothers and grand great grandmothers who are who addiction is literally wrecked havoc havoc wrecked havoc havoc thank mm-hmm. you um in their homes and so that's one that's one way um wreaked that havoc. i think wreaked havoc thank there you, you. We're, we're gonna get this out <laughs> uh, <laughs> i told y'all pray for me this morning um so yeah we think of addictions we think of acceptable violence it is, I was in a parking lot the other day and um, this man was basically threatening this woman. And he said, if you raise your hand at me, I don't care if we're in public. I will, I will beat your face into the ground. And I thought to myself, this is acceptable. She's Mm -hmm. looking at him like that is not the first time that he's ever uttered that phrase. Mm -hmm. And other people around are looking at it as like, oh, I've kind of heard worse or similar. And so I do think violence is another thing that women deal with. And so acceptable violence and their kids have to unfortunately see that and that models generations of making that okay. And so having another woman to come alongside and say, you are made in the image of God and this is what it looks like, I think does speak volumes and it speaks in a, in a closer way. And I feel like in, in times past, I know this from watching movies, Okay, okay. a guy talking to a woman like that would have been immediately confronted by some dude that was like, hey buddy, yeah, that's not how you talk to a woman. Exactly. And they both put their dukes up and they yeah. start having it out yeah. you know what I'm saying like yeah. but it's so normalized now like yeah. it's just like okay, um yep and with that children are involved women fear leaving those relationships drugs are involved in that relationship so they um look to drugs as an escape from the relationship that they're in that they can't leave and so mm-hmm. we recognize that women in poverty are more vulnerable to those things and so I, I think it's important as we kind of tie this together these issues happen to men and women, but they're happening exponentially to women. And so it is wise to have women, smart, capable, competent women who are willing to receive training, willing to think through these things because the women that are suffering need to know the hope of the gospel Mm -hmm. so that that when they are confronted with their past and with the shame of their sin and with the shame of things that have been done with them, they get to go to Romans 8, 1 and read, there is no, therefore no combination. When they're going through that, they need the same God of Romans Mm -hmm. 8, 31 through 38, right? There's nothing that can separate you um, from the love of Christ. And so I think women get to labor with, love, suffer long with other women and help them do that in a way that men um, can't and men do it in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's Great that's why the that, um, the local church is so important. Yeah, too, because you know those women can see examples of other women, right? Persevering, maybe you know going through some of the same things that they've um, you know that they've been through, and they see that example of like perseverance there. So yeah, yeah, I think that that would be helpful. 
And along with these issues of abandonment and violence, uh, you know, that some women just can't trust a man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had situations in our own church where I've, I've just realized, like, you know, my voice is, is uh, hard for her to listen to even on Sundays. Uh, you know, as mm. during the sermon, it's yeah. just, just everything that comes out of a man's voice is hard. And it uh, doesn't mean that that's not something that she can't work through by God's grace. But to have Stephanie or have other women that are raised up and trained in the church uh, to help do a lot of that counseling and walking with and discipleship is so incredibly important. Mm. But no, Steph, I, I appreciate your uh, thoughts here on the vulnerability of women in our society and in our context in mm-hmm. particular and the necessity of thinking about this. I think uh, it'll be it'll be good for you know church planning teams and um, and churches to really look at the opportunity that we have here for evangelism, for discipleship, and for overall freedom in Christ just by having a woman be able to proclaim that truth. Yeah, amen. Amen. Here's to women. Cue Jackie Hill Perry's women. <laughs> we probably can't play that, huh? We got to like get rights for that. Yeah. No, that's just Beyonce. But yeah, cue Jackie Hill Perry's women. <laughs> that's freedom, she's saying. Well, freedom, yeah. That's Spence. All right. Thanks for listening to the Stoop Sessions. Catch you next time. <laughs> that cannot be it. On the Stoop. That cannot be it. I thought you were yawning. Just I know you were that. yawning. Thanks for catching us. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Stoop Sessions. Be sure to catch us next time. As One Hope exists to build healthy churches in the inner city, check us out and connect at www.onehope.gives.